0: sunny but snowy day here on the campus of michigan state university live in studio h this is the Pylon, and today we are joined on a very special occasion it is the second annual pileys awards everybody let's go your guys is first Uh, i was a part of the pileys last year a lot of fun Uh, for those that don't know the pileys is our annual award show we're going to give out our personal awards to all of the nfl players who deserve them and just to be you know, just a quick disclaimer before we're going to get into all the awards. These are strictly our opinions. All of our criteria is very, very different. Just because they don't match with the what happened at the NFL Honors does not mean that those people were not deserving of their awards at that time. These are simply our opinions. If you disagree, that is great. You know, let us know. And, you know, we would love to hear your feedback as well. But we are going to have our own criteria and our own picks for some of these awards, even though most of them will probably be very similar to the awards that you saw last Thursday night. So how we doing fellas?
1: Doing good. Um, you know, really good Super Bowl. Um I think, you know, the ending there was absolutely crazy. Um you know, Bengals have a really good chance to win, but the Rams going on that game winning drive led by Stafford and Cup and then the defense hanging on. Burrow couldn't get it done at the end there, which was you know, I, wa- I picked I picked the Bengals to win. It was just disappointing. But great, great Super Bowl. It was it was uh, it was it was pretty good. So yeah.
2: Yeah, um, I thought it was a great Super Bowl too. I really liked the finish. Great finish. Um, couldn't have written it better. It was just a really good game. I think. Um, Sean McVay redeemed himself a little bit. He's still kind of sold. He was not mm-hmm. at his best. And every coach has their moments. But um, yeah, getting over the hump. Good for the Rams.
0: Minnie, you had the Rams from day one here on this podcast. Yeah. Uh and you were you were really good at predictions this year. I mean, I have on here just to, you know, remind everybody, you won the pick 'em in both the regular and postseason. You were the only one who had the Rams last week. And actually the more I think about it, I didn't pick the Rams at all the entire postseason. Four straight weeks. I picked against the Rams four times. Um, so that just tells you how my year has gone. But just, you know, maybe an acceptance speech of sorts of you know, you had the Rams from the jump and they came through for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, shout-out Matthew Stafford because that's who I, like, really put my faith in from day one. And then, you know, after week one, I put my faith in the entire team. And then since then, I've really stuck with it. Um, But, yeah, good season for the Rams. I really think they have a good shot to repeat because of just how purely talented they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if they keep their core together, you know, Aaron Donald not retiring, which he said he wasn't going to. It was Sean McVay said he wasn't going to. Going into the broadcast booth, um, Sean McVay's
0: fiance, you know, yeah. came out and said so, that he's not retiring. Yeah. So I, he'll, I would he'll trust come her. Back. Yeah,
1: you know, if they keep their core together, I think, and if they have the, if they have the cap space to keep their core together, I think they can definitely repeat. And it's we all know how hard it is to repeat. You know, the last repeat I think was the Patriots in two thousand four. I think in two thousand five. Is that correct? Two
0: thousand three,
1: two thousand four. Yes. Um. Yep. So yeah, I think I think they have a really good shot. But you know, it's going to depend on free agency and the draft for the all the rest of these teams in the soft season where, where Russell Wilson goes, where Aaron Rodgers goes. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, so. I
2: think uh, one more thing is shout-out to the resurgence of Prime Von Miller in the playoffs. Um, yeah, he's ba- he's back That was work. a phenomenal playoff performance. He looked every bit as good as he did during that Broncos playoff run.
0: And get well soon, OBJ. Really That impressive. is just devastating. Yeah. That, was, uh, that was awful. I feel really bad for the guy, and like I said, I'm really happy for him that he got his ring, despite how things ended in Cleveland and you know what he said or didn't say and just all of that going on. just I'm happy for him that he got his ring, and I, I hope that he has a speedy recovery. I mean, two, two ACL tears on the same knee, that is, that is something not a lot of athletes bounce back from, and if they do, it's, he's never going to be the same again just because of just all the damage to that knee. So get well soon, OBJ. Wishing you well here from us on the pylon. Last thing I want to talk about here. Do we all agree that Cooper Cup deserved to win MVP? Uh, yeah. I thought yes. it was a no-brainer. I uh, thought it was him or Donald.
1: For Donald sure. made the most impactful play, but Cooper Cup uh, was just a beast all game. So I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to give it to Cup, but Donald was a very close second. Um, yeah. That last drive, he was just. That's Aaron Donald in a nutshell for you. That's what he does. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's unbelievable that what that guy's what that phenomenal. guy does. I mean, he. I, th- I think I said this last week. He's going to – I think he's going to go down as one of the best or if not the best defensive ends of all time. And we could say Reggie White or Lawrence Taylor. But, you know, Donald Donald's obviously in that conversation. So,
2: yep. D- Dude, he's going to go down as one of the best defensive players of all time, honestly. he's I would say, but, like, yeah. he's that good. I mean, he's been number one or number two PFF <laughs> graded every single season he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. And it's been two, which was his rookie year. In every single other year's one, That dominance is stupid. Like, plain put, look, nobody else can do that.
0: No, Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we always talk about, at least when we talk about the NBA, we talk about how, you know, goats are generational, how everybody grew up with a certain player that they believe is the greatest of all time. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think, Jay, you have a point. I mean, you look back at, on the era of Reggie White and then Lawrence Taylor kind of follows him. Like, those two kind of fall in a specific to more of the older generation who saw those guys play but for us I mean Aaron Donald is probably yes the greatest defensive player I've seen it with my own eyes and so that's going to be one of those debates that's probably going to go on forever of you know whether or not you know Donald was better than LT or we we mean we're never going to know they never played on the same team they never played against each other they were never in the league at the same time so it's going to be one of those things it's always going to be difficult to judge but one thing is for sure they will all have their their final home in Canton Ohio and Aaron Donald's just getting started and Hopefully we don't see him <laughs> retire anytime soon cuz he is just a pleasure to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think in the in the post or in the pre Ronnie Harrison saying um that he's thinking about retiring if they win. And then and then he goes out and saying I'm And
0: I'm then
2: DeFoya, like backed it up too. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, no, those so I'll tell you right now, like those those reports were 100% true about both yeah. McVay and Aaron Donald. They were 100% factual. Both of them said as such. Um but At the same time, I don't know if they, you know, there's no real feeling and, you know, emotions that you can put into winning a Super Bowl. It's not something you can just kind of imagine. It just kind of happens. And, you know, in the heat of the moment, definitely probably a few drinks down there on that, you know, parade day. You know, they're, you know, they're just trying to have a good time and do all that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think they were really taking into account how it would feel that they would win. And when you win, the f- the only thing that you're focused on is doing it again. It's like one of those feelings you just you get addicted to, and you want to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And so I I had no question that they'd probably both be back, but I can tell you for certain that both of those reports were ex- like they were true.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for Donald, like he's he's coming back. But what else do you really have to prove? I mean, you're you're a Super Bowl champ. You're one of the best defensive players of all time. I mean. It's it's good that he's coming back, but like, also what what you're doing your body, um, going forward, like, it's I don't really blame him if he's considering retirement. He's he's only thirty, I think thirty one, thirty, but yeah, I mean, wh- what, you, what you're doing your body, um, you know, playing the sport, especially in your thirties, and that, that's tough. But you know, it's it's good that he's coming back because I love watching him. So
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, really agree with what Jay said there, um glad that they're both coming back that they decided to run it back um i think it'll be interesting to see like how much of this dictates or how much this win dictates their futures in terms of like whether or not they retire two or three years from now or maybe eight years from now we don't know
0: and this is a very common trend that we've been seeing from players recently of retiring early, and as like the word gets out of like getting out while you still can, like going out on your own terms when you still have your legs and you still have your body and you're able to give your all to your family and to your children and all that and not be you know limping around for the rest of your life. And I know for the Browns, Miles Garrett said the same thing. I mean he signed his five-year contract extension like a year ago, and he they said at preliminary. he basically told the Browns this is it. Like I'm signing this at 25 years old. I'm gonna play till I'm 30, and then I'm out. Like I, I want to, cause he wants to like go into um, um, pay, he wants to go get like a paleontology degree, and he wants to go like study fossils. Oh. Um, yeah. So That's crazy. Um, but like you, you're seeing it a lot now, especially with like linebackers and tackles, like Joe Thomas retiring so young, and just you know, it's it's a wear and tear in the bodies. Patrick and, Willis, exactly. Patrick Willis, and we're seeing a lot of um,
2: Cam Chancellor,
0: yeah. We're seeing just yeah. a lot of players just get out of the game while they still can and they're doing it on their own terms. Brady is an extraordinary extraordinary phenomenon, but he still, I believe, you know, he left a few years on the table, but he's going out on his own terms when he still has his, you know, physical health. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: with that, let's jump into the Pileys, the second annual Piley's Awards twenty twenty two edition and how we do this basically the three of us are going to make our, predict- our our picks for each of the awards and we go with majority rules so if two of us have one guy one of us has another that guy will be getting the piley award um if we all three have different people i have not thought of a tiebreaker but if that time comes we can quickly figure out something on the fly because it's i don't know i don't really know if it's fair to just like randomly select a champion or we can send it to all three. Um, that is that we'll start with the 2022 coach of the year award so yeah who do we think coach of the year for the Pilots this year manit let's have you go first
2: mike Vrabel. um i agree with the nfl's coach of the year pick i mean pretty self-explanatory he lost derrick henry and still ended up as the one seed with that team um Unfortunate they were bounced in the first round, but obviously to the eventual Super Bowl runner ups. So no nothing bad about that. Um but yeah, I think Mike Barrel was very deserving.
1: I think for me it's Zach Taylor. Um winning four games last year. Um and I know this is a regular season award, but winning winning the division, um, you know, after coming off a four lo- a four one season, I think in Joe Burrow's second year, I think that Zach Taylor has to be Right up there, so
0: yeah, I mean, those are probably the two leading front runners. Uh, I mean, I would say an honorable mention for me would be Nick Sirianni out in Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, I thought about a him. team that never got really any sort of chance to make the playoffs, and they did. Um, very similar to a Kevin Stefanski type last year, who won Coach of the Year. But on this one, I think I'm going to agree with Jay, just because of the magnitude of what the Bengals did. And I, I don't, I'm not taking anything away from Mike Vrabel, but. You know, we all have our own criteria, and, you know, the playoffs were not, you know, his finest moment, at least coaching-wise. And, I don't know, his his game plan seemed a little bit weird every once in a while, but he did a spectacular job. I think he's a fantastic coach. But Zach Taylor over in Cincinnati, I mean, that was a team nobody predicted to finish higher than third in their division. And yeah. that was, I mean, that was only a handful of people that were just, like, really big Steeler haters. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought the Steelers would finish fourth. Like no one thought that they could beat the Browns or the Ravens in the division, and they beat all of them. So I'll get. I'm going to give it to Zach Taylor, just with his development of Joe Burrow and everything else that he's done. He he's a really great offensive play caller. And so with that, I mean it's two. To, it's two to one. So Zach Taylor, you win the Piley for Coach of the Year in 2022. Your great award is in the mail and will be arriving to you shortly. Um, now let's move on to our next one. This is different than what they do at the actual NFL honors, but I like it better. Instead of comeback player of the year, we're going to do most improved um, because this is just kind of one that we can kind of make our own. But most improved player of the year award. I know who I have for this one. Jay, I'm going to actually start with you here. Oh, boy. I'm most I'm... improved player of 2022.
1: God. Um, that's... I'm a to first. I'm still kind of thinking about yeah, this because right. uh... I'm torn up couple guys here. I
2: honestly was a fan of Nick Bosa um, out in San Francisco. I think what he did was phenomenal. I know it's not comeback-ish or most improved-ish because he tore his ACL, but coming off an that's, ACL yeah, that's tear... More comeback player there, coming off an ACL tear um, and performing as well as he did is very impressive. This is one that I
0: feel like we're probably going to have three different answers for, which is totally fine um, because... It's a very subjective award based on what you feel like is an improvement. Then, you know, like you just said, Nick Bosa might be more of a comeback player of the year type, but you know, to he's still most improved. I mean, he from the um, Super Bowl season, I think he did improve in some numbers. So,
1: I'm gonna go a little off the ch- I'm gonna go a little off the charts here. I'm gonna say Max Crosby.
2: I was dude. Ju- no, I wait. just looked no, at that dude. I you know. have Max Crosby as well. I just I had saw that had and was like, "Why I'm did not, I not pick Max Crosby?" I'm not mean, kidding,
0: dude. Max Crosby for me was a slam dunk. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I think I,
0: I'm actually I'm so happy you did that because now it makes my life easier. But I know I had <laughs> I had Max Crosby too. I did.
2: I I just pulled up his PFF page and wow, yeah, insane! Holy, totally I'll
0: let you I'll let you give your uh, explanation. I, think, I just think
1: the way he's de- the way he's developed in in Las Vegas is incredible. I mean, what was he a fourth, fifth
2: round draft pick? Fourth one oh six. Yeah, I mean yeah.
1: and what he did last year was pretty nice, but he especially in that last game, he was terrorizing that Chargers tackle. I mean he would he just beat him every time. I can't remember his name, but that's, Slater? Was he on Slater? No, no, he's on another guy. He he wasn't he was getting beat on the other side handily by Max Crosby.
0: I don't know if you, you probably I can't remember his name, but Crosby rushes on the right side and Gakwe rushes on the on, well no and Gakwe rushes on the right side on the left tackle. Crosby rushes on the left on the right tackle, yeah. so it wasn't Slater. It was whoever was playing their right tackle, which yeah. I don't know who that was. I don't remember what his
1: name Honestly, was. Honestly, I'm going to change mine to Crosby, getting, Crosby, too. He was getting toasted by Max Crosby, and just watching him play. Oh, just, Norton. Yeah, he was getting absolutely destroyed. So, yeah, I I love, I love loved Crosby this year, so yeah, that, that's mine.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I had – I seriously, I'm not even kidding. I was lining up kind of the awards that I wanted to to get all the stats up and everything I want to talk about. Max Crosby was who I found for – most improved player of the year. I mean, just look at this from last year to this year. His sack numbers only went up by one. He went from seven sacks a year ago to eight sacks this season. But in terms of tackles, Mm -hmm. he goes from 39 to 56 combined tackles. He has 16 more solo tackles, and he had 17 more QB hits than he did a year ago. This is a guy who finished second in the defensive rookie of the year award two years ago. He lost to Nick Bosa. But, I mean, he was right there. And, you know, last season – you know, he was ac He had a good year, but this year he was just so much better. And he was a key piece in the Raiders making the playoffs, which I really think set him over the top for me. And I mean, I, I actually can't believe that that actually just happened. Yeah, no, I, I, I had Max Max Crosby the whole
2: time. You know, shout out Mad Max, uh, most shout out, of your year for me. Shout out Michigan State's new D line coach as well, or D N's coach, for teaching Max Crosby.
1: Yeah, was it was Brandon cause, Jordan? Because was he at Eastern Michigan?
2: Uh, no, he was uh, – Jordan's a, Jordan was a freelance oh, gotcha. NFL trainer and oh, trained yeah. Crosby in the offseason.
1: Because Crosby went to Eastern Michigan. Big improvement.
2: So. Yeah, I mean, Jordan's taught Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Mm. list is nuts. Anyway. Yeah, so congratulations to Max Crosby. You are the 2022
0: Pileys winner for most improved player of the year. Now it's time to get into some of the young guys, the rookies. We're going to start on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive rookie of the year. I don't really think that this one needs much disputing necessarily, but just in case we have somebody that wants to go a little bit off the board. Jay, I'll Uh, let you go first.
1: No doubt about it. It's Micah Parsons. I mean, the year he had, he had 13 sacks, something like that. I mean, he was incredible for Dallas and that much improved defense under Dan Quinn, so no question.
2: Yeah, I mean— Again, no question Michael Parsons, but I would like to shout out, shout out JOK, which I'm sure you'll appreciate. Um JOK would
0: have been in the thick of it if he doesn't get hurt.
2: I was a big JOK fan um going into the draft. He was my number one linebacker um and he performed pretty well. So, I
0: shout out JOK. Yeah, I mean there were a lot of, you know, names. I mean, here's the thing. Michael Parsons was so good. He could have won. Defensive player yeah, of the year. And when, for some of us, he might win defensive player He was the
2: number year. one graded but, linebacker.
0: And that's what I'll say. Like, he was that good. So I'm not trying to take away. Like, here's the thing. Like, you could argue the top five for this award could have won it in any respective years had Micah Parsons not been in the rookie class this year. That's how good he was. Like, you know, people like Patrick Sertan. Uh,
2: yeah, Sertan had a good Sertan year. Sertan had a
0: really good year. You had um, players like, um, man, I was just looking at this list. Now all of a sudden I'm just blanking on everybody. Um, the defensive rookies. Yeah, I'm um, just like blank. JOK was in there, and they actually did mention. They said if JOK doesn't get hurt and miss like five games there in the middle of the season, they said JOK would have been right up there with Michael Parsons by the end of the year. It would have been a two man race, but he got hurt and just he lost games. That was just what happened. So JC, JC Horn was on that list. JC Horn had a had actually had a really good year, um, especially early on in the season. Yeah. Um, just didn't he break his foot or something? He got hurt too, yeah.
2: Who so. else was? The, Dude, I'm trying to third think. Third corner. It was Sertan, Horn and someone Caleb else. Caleb
0: Farley, who didn't play yeah, much.
2: Yeah, Farley.
1: Zaven Collins on Arizona was a linebacker. That's another one Collins
0: is a good one. Oh, I was thinking uh Odafe Owe. Oh yeah,
2: Jason Owe.
0: Jalen Phillips on Miami. Asante Samuel Jr. was also on there as well. So, yeah, Yeah. all of those guys, like in their own right, had a really fantastic season. So, I want to make sure they get recognition. But, I mean, this, it's Micah, like we said, Micah Parsons probably had the best rookie season in the past 10 years. Micah Parsons, not only, like I said, as he just did win Defensive Rookie of the Year now for both NFL honors and the Pileys, but you know which one's more important, Micah. You do. Uh, It's this one. So, but he also was in the running for defensive player of the year. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, that's just how good he was, and it's hard to argue any other way. So congratulations to Michael Parsons. 2022 Piley's defensive rookie of the year. Now let's switch to the other side of the ball. Offensive rookie of the year, and I think this one is pretty cut and dry too. Unless, unless we're going to go weird here. I know we've had quite a few players in the running throughout this season. It's really been a two-man race. It started off with one, and then kind of another one kind of came and overtook him, and then the first guy came and just pulled away again. But
1: now be Jamar Chase, yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean what he did, and I think Kyle Pitts was in that discussion for a little bit, was he? I mean,
0: uh, when he had that like big blow up week, didn't I think Kyle he... Pitts only have like two touchdowns all year? I don't care, he had a thousand yards. Dude, Kyle Pitts is—I'm not trying to take anything. Away. Kyle Pitts is an absolute stud, but he just—they never threw him the ball in the red zone. It was
2: so weird. I. Don't I, think, I think it's going to take another year for him to, like, settle into that offense. Arthur Smith needs yeah, to figure out Jamar what he's Chase doing with for, the weapons and yeah. not having Calvin Ridley really hurt. Yeah, no, for sure.
0: But, Jag, you can continue.
1: Jamar Chase for me, uh, no doubt about it. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, Jamar Chase. I mean, it's just – Pretty just simple.
0: Guy. Look, I mean, Jamar Chase this season, he played in all 17 games, 81 catches, 1,455 yards, 13 touchdowns, and an incredible 18 yards per reception. And That's to think, pretty good. like, he still wasn't better this season than Justin Jefferson. That is nuts. I mean, I shout out Justin Jefferson, who, you know, might be coming up here, maybe some of these more words. But, I mean, like, people don't realize. Like, I was listening to that yesterday. Everyone talks about Jamar Chase and, like, how good he is and how good he was at LSU. Justin Jefferson just had a better season than Jamar Chase, and nobody was talking about it at all. Um, he had a phenomenal season. I think he was
2: second to Cooper Cup this year in receptions. Justin Jefferson was is a top five receiver right now. Second graded, second best graded PFF receiver last year, fourth best this year. Justin Jefferson had six. He's no. just. Really good at playing football. I he don't is. think there's any other way you can play. Justin Jefferson oh,
0: had 1,616 100... yards. Yeah. And he was, think about this, 320
2: yards behind Cooper Cup. That's absurd. Cooper Cup had the greatest receiver season in history. I think Megatron might have an argument for that. One. Not regular season, like overall season. Because he won all the playoffs,
0: too, I guess. But I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, that's fair. But I mean,
2: cuz I completely agree Megatron's regular season. I'll go I'll go very I'll go back line, to Chase
0: man. just here for a second. But like we said like comparing him last year, like Justin Jefferson was the winner of Offensive Rookie of the Year on the Pileys last year because we all just all of it was unanimous. We thought it was Jefferson over Herbert. Um but I think he had what? He had like 1700 yards last season? Jefferson
2: did? No. Or was, it was it it like 13 14. 14? 13.
0: Oh, shoot. What was Justin Jefferson's rookie
2: because i want to look it up and compare it to chase like he had less chase had less yeah, no jamar Chase had less 14 that's what i thought no chase had more sorry jefferson had less is what i meant to say yeah he did break it um oh wow no he ended with 1400 yards on the dot last year yeah and chase broke chase it by 55, 55 yards with um with that extra game with that extra game so yeah
0: so shout! I mean, like,
2: also it took Jefferson like Chase. Sorry for cutting you off. No, but your Chase you're good. got started right away. Yeah, like he broke out week one. It took Jefferson like three weeks to get installed because I had him in a lot of fantasy leagues because I was like, he's going to be what Stefan Dakes was, and mm-hmm. he, it took him a second to I'd get argue into it. He's better, and maybe I don't know. That's that's a whole other discussion. They they've, they have two different styles. of yeah, play, it's but, hard to compare them. Um. He like didn't start the first two games, and then like jumped into it and just took off, and that was insane to see. How do
0: you think the Philadelphia Eagles have to feel the fact of you mm. could Dude. have had
2: Justin Jefferson
0: and you took Jalen Rager? Who I they're going to talk about moving off? I know of I talk about this a lot, Truly but amazing. that
2: clip is one of my favorite clips in football history. <laughs> when um, the Vikings um, couldn't believe he was there, yeah, yeah. where the Vikings front office staff you know, laughed we'll at Philly and they were laughing. Like, how do you
0: not take Justin Jefferson and? Like I said, this just goes to show with Chase this year, Jefferson last year, and just, I mean Joe Burrow and all that. That LSU team oh my is god, by far the best college football team ever assembled. Except maybe like 2004 USC, that team was nuts. Or like the really, like okay, the Miami like, in the 90s. But like, dude.
2: De- I was looking at a <laughs> clip of just the names on that team. Like it, Thaddeus Moss, Grant Delpit. Derek Stingley, who's going to be a top 10 pick this year. Could Uh, be top five. Yeah, should be top five. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. It's ridiculous. Terrence Marshall was on that team. Yeah, Patrick Queen was on that team. Yeah, Patrick Queen's really, good. Patrick Queen's going to be a really good good linebacker in the NFL.
0: That LSU team, yeah. It's got, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's hard to, again, this is a generational thing because there were those Miami teams back in the 90s you had, I mean – they had a team like they had Ed Reed, Ray Lewis. You had, you know, then you had team Sean Taylor, Sean Taylor, uh, Michael Irvin. Players like, I mean, that, those Miami teams were loaded. And then you got SC in the early 2000s with Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, Lendale White, uh, Keyshawn Johnson was there for a hot minute. So, oh, I mean, like, but that LSU team, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, stupid insane. I mean, just the fact he had two receivers basically win. I mean, I know Jefferson didn't technically win last year, but I will still say he got completely snubbed. I They're, mean, yeah, Jefferson Herbert,
2: Herbert could have won very rightfully. Yeah, so. I'm not. And I'm not saying Justin
0: Herbert is a fantastic young quarterback, and he could have. I just don't think he was more deserving of it last season than Justin Jefferson. So you can make the case it should have been Jefferson a year ago, and it was Chase this year, and we're matching that with Chase this year. I mean, that just. I mean. Unreal. Oh, by the way, did you guys hear the story about uh, Jamar Chase uh, moving in? He... He knocked on Joe oh, Burrow's yes, neighbor's door, yes. and he asked them if he could buy their house so he could live next door to Joe Burrow.
2: They said no. They said not. no, but they – he's He lives a couple doors down They now. found out – he found out that there was
0: a <laughs> house that was for sale like right down like down the street, and so they live on the same street, but they're not neighbors. But he knocked on the neighbor's door, and he said, would you – like I will overpay to buy your house from you so I can live next to Joe. And basically they were like, yeah, no, sorry. That's not going to happen. But he does live on the same street. It's kind of a fun little story. Honestly, if
1: I was a homeowner, I got Jamar Chase by my
0: house, and he overpays. I would take that in the middle. He was willing to basically say, "Just name your price. I just want your house." (laughs) Honestly,
2: like (laughs) if I would have done it, if he bought me the house down the street, yeah, and it's just a simple move you in down the street, and I'll I will pay for all of it, and I will
0: overpay. Like I will pay you more money than this house is even nearly worth. That's phenomenal. I would so do that
1: that. in a minute. Have Jamar Chase by honestly,
2: I think it's. I don't know how long we're. They should like beef together forever. I don't care where yeah, they together go. Forever. Like Jamar, Jamar and, and Joe. Joe I don't. Need I, to I don't know where at they're BFF. both at need ne- to play like their entire NFL careers together. Yeah. I mean, like, it's very no similar to, matter what.
0: It's, it's very just, similar to what Jarvis and Odell did. I, I remember when Odell when Odell got traded to Cleveland. Um, like they're in like you know the the nicer part of Cleveland. I can't remember where they actually live, but I mean it's like a very secluded uh, area out in, like, the – like it's a rural area from what I remember where Landry lives. And I remember they basically – I can't remember if it was they built a house mm-hmm. or if there was a house literally just being sold, but Odell moved in right across the street from Jarvis Landry. Um, I mean, these things, like, happen. It's just funny. I just thought that Jamar Chase was, like, really funny because, like, he just seems like the type of guy. Like, imagine knocking – like, hearing a knock on your door answering it. It's Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals, and he's saying, yeah, I want to buy your house because it's next to Joe Burrow. And that's my guy. So I need to live next to him. Yeah. And then to have to tell him, you know, uh, sorry, you know, like we're not selling our house, but good for Jamar Chase. They live on the same street now. (laughs) So I don't think any of one of them plans on going anywhere anytime soon. So let's move on to the veterans. Uh, Same awards, but for the other players, we're going to start with defensive player of the year. I'll actually start on this one just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, I went with chalk. I went with the same thing. I went with T.J. Watt, um, twenty-two and a half sacks. I think that says it all. I mean, he tied Strahan's record for most sacks in a single season. He played fifteen games, which was more games than he's played in each of the last two seasons. Well, no, he matched his twenty twenty total of fifteen, and then he played okay, he played sixteen twenty nineteen. So actually, he's missed less games than I thought. But um, still, fifteen games, twenty-two and a half sacks, tying Strahan's record. And when Strahan did that, I believe he played all sixteen. So that's. Definitely an achievement. 48 solo tackles, 5 forced fumbles, 39 quarterback hits. He was just all over the field, and without him, there's no way the Steelers are in the playoffs. Absolutely Yeah, I got to go with TJ Watt as well. I know it's kind of a boring one, but, like, who
1: else would you rather, who else would you take? Trevon Diggs? I mean, good player. I know, but he a, wouldn't. He had a good Absolutely chance. not. In the middle of the year, but, yeah. I mean, uh, TJ Watt. Dude, he's,
2: he's not, like— like, you, you should not have been given. No, you
0: said you said who else am I gonna take Travon Diggs? And I said, Well, if we know Miniet won't. Uh,
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, he, like, he had a good I chance in the middle of the year. I mean, he, he was going crazy, but I just think Travon Diggs, I mean, <laughs> with the amount of interceptions he had, he he's also gotten he also got burned a lot, so like I can't I just can't yeah, do it. So I'll take TJ Watt.
2: A really aggressive corner. Which already means
0: that TJ Watt will be defensive player of the year, but yeah. Maniet, you can
2: I mean do I was gonna go I like a combo of Aaron Donald or Miles Garrett, but I can't really pick between either. Um, you know, like yeah, I I mean, look, I love Miles, and I
0: think if Miles doesn't get hurt, Miles probably wins it. It's unfortunate that he got hurt in week I think it was 15 against the Raiders. Yeah. It was just a really big bummer. Um, so he was not himself those final two three games, and I won't let anyone tell me otherwise. I mean, he was literally on one leg. He pulled his groin really really bad. Um, but, you know, I appreciate him trying to stick it out and helping the team win because the Browns were still alive at that point. But I, I think if he stays healthy, I think he wins it. But it's hard to deny. It's T.J. It, Watt probably deserved it last year. Now he's he got it this year. So
1: yeah, I mean, there's no question. T.J. T. J. Watt almost broke Strahan's record. So yeah, that's 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 the guy for me. I mean, so.
0: They were like apply like, the Steelers like applied to the league to give T.J. Watt like an extra half a sack on a play so that way he could have 23. The league said, that's funny, no. And he didn't get it, so he has to stay tied. So we're going to wait a little bit longer. But, I mean, to have your name etched next to Michael Strahan in the record books, I mean, that's that's a Hall of Famer right there. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely really, really cool for T.J. Watt. Now we'll move again to the other side of the ball. Offensive player of the year. I don't know if we're going to have much... Um, discussion on this one here either, but, off Cooper Cup, yeah, (laughs) I, the winner was Cooper Cup, um. So Jay, I mean, yeah, I mean, what Cooper Cooper Cup, the year he
1: had, not just the Super Bowl MVP, but him and Stafford just gelled so well together, um, and you know him, eighteen touchdowns I think it was, and then like, 1,900 yards. That's that's just an insane. He had the triple crown for a receiver. I mean, what he what he was able to do mm-hmm. for that Rams team to lead him to the Super Bowl is just absolutely incredible. Um, and le, and last year he was pretty good too, but just I w- I would make a case that he he's the most improved player just yeah. because he took a huge leap. So, yeah, that that's there's no question about offensive player of the year. Uh, John and Taylor would be a close sec. Actually, John and Taylor would be a close second. Um, but yeah, Cooper Cup I think is no doubt.
2: Yeah, um, my offensive player here is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. I'm going to roll with him. I do think Cooper Cup had a phenomenal year. I just think what Jonathan Taylor did um, stood out in a different way, I guess. He was very, very dominant. Yeah. Um, And without him, Indy doesn't even sniff the playoffs, much less nine wins. So... I think Jonathan Taylor.
1: I think Derrick Henry had a really good chance to be in this conversation if he didn't get hurt. Oh, because absolutely. Because before, before he got hurt, he was putting up insane numbers like he usually does. And yeah,
2: he yeah. was right on track.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I Jonathan Taylor would be second in the running for me as well. I thought he was – he had a phenomenal season, best running back season. You know, he was first in rushing yards. Nick Chubb was second. Derrick Henry was almost third after only playing, like,
2: what, like, Eight games is
1: pretty ridiculous. Um, I think Derrick Henry had, like, 900 yards Henry
2: stayed at the top of the rushing leaders for quite a long time. And and then he finally got passed by
0: Taylor and Chubb at the end, but I don't remember. And that's surprising, because Chubb had, like...
2: Taylor took off and, like, really got ahead of him, but Mm -hmm. Henry was, like, in the top 10 for a long time. It was pretty funny to see. Yeah, and
0: I know, for me, the Chubb thing was weird, because Chubb finished second in rushing yards. But the Browns were third worst in the or like fourth worst in the league in rushing attempts, and he got hurt for like he missed like three games with a mm-hmm. with a calf strain or something. So, yeah. Um, shout out Nick Chubb. Uh, you're always you're always you're always gonna be. Yeah. Awesome. But uh, But no, I mean Jonathan Taylor had a phenomenal season. I remember that Patriots game. It was like. like to get, 'Cause like the Colts Patriots rivalry goes back to like those those Manning and uh Brady days. And like it just always it's one of those demons the Colts have always wanted to conquer. And for me it was just one of those things watching Jonathan Taylor break off that ceiling run and just like the look all the Colts' faces was like, Yes, it's like we finally did to you what you've been doing to us for all this time with that just put the icing on the cake there. But um shout out Jonathan Taylor. I think he may have had more of a more of an argument had the Colts made the playoffs. uh, I wouldn't, I mean, it definitely wasn't his fault. They didn't make the playoffs. He did everything that he could, but back to Cooper Cup for a second. I mean, he was just, I mean, you were right, Jay. He could arguably be most improved. Think about this. In 2020, he had 92 receptions for only 974 yards. He wasn't even a thousand yards. Wait, really? I thought he had like twelve hundred yards last year. He only played in 15 games. wow. He had 92 catches for 970
2: yards. This was his second 1,000-yard season. And
0: this year he – no, in his first 1,000-yard season was back in 2019, 94 catches for 1,161 yards. This season, 145 catches for 1,947 yards and 16 touchdowns, and that was just in the regular season because this is not taking – My goodness. This isn't even taking into account – in, um, the postseason where he easily eclipsed two thousand yards, and I he he did get over twenty touchdowns, I believe. Um, he finished third in MVP voting this season. And I mean, like you said, I mean he almost improved his yardage by a thousand yards, and he only played in two more games. I mean, just it's absolutely absurd. And, and I yeah, I mean Robert Woods got hurt, but immediately when Robert Woods got hurt, Odell Beckham Jr. was right there to play the Robert Woods role. So, like, it's not like he was the only person to throw to, but on that final Super Bowl drive for the Rams, I remember because I was sitting next to my dad and we were, like, looking at each other. That entire drive, Cooper Cup is just getting beat up. Like, every single play is being double-teamed, triple-teamed. He's getting just, like, crunched over the middle. And Matthew Stafford just basically says... Coop, I don't care. I am throwing you the ball because I can't throw it to anyone else. And they did that all the way downfield. Like, if you're the Bengals, that was just so, like, devastating.
2: Demoralizing. I mean,
0: literally, you knew every single snap. Matthew Stafford was throwing the ball to Cooper Cup, and they couldn't stop him. And then, by the way, both flags down there on the goal line, 100% penalties. But that's a discussion for another day. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. You can't just tackle the dude in the end zone. Like, I'm sorry. That was, like, that was horrible.
2: Yeah, and um <laughs> shout
0: out Eli Apple. God Eli <laughs> Apple. God
1: That guy. I mean Um I'm...
2: shout out Matthew Stafford's no look pass. Oh my god. That was, that I was that, was really d- cool. that angle raving was raving about that on Twitter. I posted every single angle I could find. It was phenomenal. Um into triple coverage. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean that, with a fourth defender hanging over top in the zone. That that angle that was, was just, just that angle was just stupid. absolutely
1: ridiculous the the way that they showed like where his eyes were. Um and that pass he had was just money, so yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Michael, are you awake?
0: Yeah, I know, sorry, <laughs> I was just uh I had to respond to a uh respond to a text. Um but we'll move on to our final award, the most important award here for the Pileys. MVP, uh the winner at the NFL honors was Mr. John Wick himself, Aaron Rodgers. Um, but again, this is all subjective based on whatever criteria you may have. Actually, I don't even think I've technically made a decision for this one. But I mean, uh, MVP. Who do we got?
1: Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you can say all you want about him as a person, but as a player, I mean, the guy was guy was absolutely amazing this year. Um, didn't really work out in the playoffs, um, but. You know, in the regular season, he was just the money all year. So his quarterback rating is just once again insane. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I was going to say my MVP pick. Um, There's a reason I didn't pick Cooper Cup to be the offensive player of the year, and that's because he's my MVP. Why couldn't he be both? Um, I don't know. I just wanted to give Jonathan Taylor a shout-out because I feel like his season was just – it it was historic, and given Cooper Cup's accomplishment, I feel like it's not going to get highlighted ever again in the future. Um, because, I mean, to be fair, this was a historic year for all NFL players, all like, high-level NFL players, um, award winners. But I think Cup deserves his due as MVP. I'm
0: about to create a lot of controversy here because oh, no. my pick is not Cooper Either. Cup. It's not Aaron Rodgers.
2: Ryan Taylor. Is it Tom Brady? No. Huh? This
0: one's like way off the board, but I just want a defensive player. I just want no, it's offensive. I just want chaos. Um, oh,
2: Joe Burrow.
0: No, it's not Joe Burrow either. I'm so
2: confused.
0: It's not a quarterback at all. Um, wide receiver. Are you gonna guess. pick Jamar Chase? I'm going with Debo Samuel.
2: Oh, wow.
0: you know what? Honestly, Debo Samuel. <laughs> Honestly, think about it. Hear me out. Debo Samuel, 16 games this year,
2: mm-hmm.
0: 77 catches for 1,405 yards. That's 18.2 yards per reception. And then rushing, 59 rushes for 365 yards and
2: eight touchdowns, averaging 6.2 yards per attempt. Did we not have this conversation on the other sides a couple weeks ago what? about Debo Samuel's rushing?
1: I don't remember that, but. I don't know. You might have talked about Total
2: it.
0: yards from scrimmage, Debo Samuel. He was a
2: fifth-rated running back.
0: 17, exactly. 1,770 total yards and 14 total touchdowns rushing and
2: receiving. Oh, actually, no. I read that wrong. He, nope, but he was still fifth. No. I didn't read it he wrong. He was the best running back on a team that doesn't really have even a true running back that
0: drafted a running back in the third round. And they still, in the keyest, in the biggest moments of the season, Debo Samuel was in the backfield getting a handoff from Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, without Debo Samuel, the 49ers aren't even anywhere close to the playoffs. And then basically, single handedly, he wins you two playoff games. You're not wrong. I mean, um... like I said, I just want chaos here. But I also wanted to talk about Debo Samuel in this episode because I think he could have definitely been in the running for Offensive Player of the Year had Cooper Cup not had a great year. But. You know, you can't tell me that there's many players more valuable in this league than than Debo Samuel is to the 49ers. He's
1: super valuable. I just wouldn't put him in my MVP conversation. MVP of the Niners, absolutely. Um, but what he was able to do this year, I mean, I can remember that game against the Bears where he had, I think he had 180 yards and that the Bears defense couldn't even stop him. I mean, I think it was like a he had like an 80-yard run that basically sealed the game for the Niners. Um so I mean the guy the guy's just incredible and he's super fast, so yeah.
2: So yeah, stunned. I mean Debo did have a phenomenal year. That was really chaotic. You're right. Um he had the fifth highest graded PFF grade out of any rushing player, including quarterback, running back, wide receiver, um and was the third graded wide receiver. So he he did have a phenomenal year. Again, like why I'm saying, like Cooper Cup's performance is going to overshadow some of these other exactly. historic seasons we've had, like Jonathan Taylor's and Diego and like Samuels. I said, probably yes, and even seen... Justin Jefferson, yeah. like Justin Jefferson had a phenomenal year. Yeah, so yeah. like I don't know. I think that's what <laughs> that was my reasoning with putting Taylor for Offensive Player of the Year. I know you could have just had him win both, though. But yeah. what I will say,
0: like. I know that it's gonna be unpopular, of course, have yes, Debo Samuel is the NFL's most valuable player, but I mean you gotta think about it. Like it makes sense. I, have, I
2: don't disagree. Aaron
0: Rodgers is a very good candidate. Cooper Cup is as well, but it's like when we're talking about most valuable and not necessarily most outstanding, you're talking about a player who literally if they are not on that team, that team is not like the 49ers made the NFC championship game, and I think at one point this season they were three and five.
1: They were. They were were struggling. I I believe Debo
0: was hurt at some point in that time because he only played 15 games. So he missed or He played 16. So he did miss a game. But I mean, he was so just he was unstoppable. I mean, you would see plays in the wild card round against the Cowboys and then against the Packers out in Lambeau. He would get the ball in the other There would be nothing the defense could do. And he was just always found a way to get open. And just his combination of receiving and rushing and just. Everything I'm shocked he didn't play defense for them. Like everything that he did for them made them so much better. <laughs> um, I'm shocked he didn't play defense. <laughs> oh De- my god, Debo Samuel at safety. Debo Samuel at safety. dude. He's he's he way too tiny. Be... He would get dunked on. But a nice slot corner, maybe. Yeah, slot, slot corner. A nice yeah.
2: slot corner.
0: I think could work. Uh, maybe something. Debo like,
2: could hit hard. Let's do, like, 215. Antoine,
0: 215. Antoine Winfield plays safety, and he's probably not much like taller than Debo oh, Samuel. Maybe. He's like he six like one. Um. Oh. But, yeah. like, I don't actually know what to do here, though, because now we have three different MVPs. Winfield's 5'10". Yeah, so no he's way, taller yeah. than Winfield. So, he's... okay, maybe he could... He's not as big as Winfield, though. Winfield's kind of a bigger... Dude. 204. Yeah. What?
2: Debo's, like, bigger overall. He's bigger? Overall. Oh, okay, then put him at safety. Whatever. Winfield's do 5'10", whatever. 204.
0: Do whatever. Like, <laughs> Debo Samuel, play defense for San Francisco next season. I want to see it.
2: Um. But like I said, I wanted to get Kyle him Kyle Shanahan, please listen to that. Yeah. Um... If so you ever listen to any podcast ever? Please play Debo Samuel on defense because
0: this is this is our award show and we make the rules. We're just gonna you know have co MVPs. All three of them: Cooper Cup, Aaron Rodgers, and then Debo Samuel are Piley's MVPs for the 2022 NFL season. I think that that's fair. There's really other, no other way for me to do it. Um, I'm not just gonna have like something random pick on all three of these guys when they're all deserving. So they're all gonna split the award, the MVP of the year: Cooper Cup, Aaron Rodgers. Debo Samuel, shout out to all of them as, you know, fellas, we've actually done pretty well. We we breezed through those. Just to recap, our Pileys coach of the year was Zach Taylor of the Cincinnati Bengals. Most improved player was unanimous, Max Crosby of the Las Vegas Raiders. Defensive rookie of the year, also unanimous, Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. Offensive rookie of the year, again, unanimous, it was Jamar Chase, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, defensive player of the year was a bit of a split, but Jay and I had T.J. Watt, which means he was the winner. And Manit had a combination of Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett; he had co-defensive player of the years. Yep. Um, offensive player of the year was basically unanimous, but Manit wanted to, you know, get weird and did yep. put Cooper Cup for both MVP and offensive player of the year. So, but we, me and Jay and I also both had. Cooper Cup, so Cooper Cup Offensive Player of the Year, just as the regular honors had it, and then MVP. We had a three-way tie: Cooper Cup, Aaron Rodgers, and Debo Samuel. Yes, Debo Samuel. And that is that. What do we think of the list? Actually, hold on. I want to do something on the show. I mean, you you guys could talk, but I want to do something on the show. I want to go back to last year's pilots, and I want to see who won. Unless I deleted it, I might have deleted it. I think I,
1: I did mean it. I don't really quite looking at this know. list it's just. The MVP is just, like, nothing else is surprising, but the MVP list just got crazy. They're <laughs> just showing off the rails because of that.
0: Depot Samuel. <laughs> Shout out, Depot Samuel, man. Yeah. Okay, actually, I don't know if I have. You know, I think I saved the recording to the Pileys from last season, but I don't think I kept the agenda. Um, that's unfortunate. If I remember correctly, I do know we had Justin Jefferson as Offensive Rookie of the Year. Our Defense Rookie of the Year was Chase Young. Um, our offensive player of the year, we were, um, oh, we were split. Uh, we had a couple that had Derrick Henry, who actually did win the award. I know I had Devontae Adams a year ago as my offensive player of the year. And then I think we had someone else say Josh Allen. Um, but it was Derrick Henry. And then defensive player of the year, I believe we had Aaron Donald. Coach of the year was Stefanski. MVP, we had all agreed it was Aaron Rodgers. So, um, Overall, those are the awards from last year, and then I just listed off the awards that we had from this year. Um, pretty good list. I mean, all those. I mean, we had a couple differences. I mean, you know, of course we had we had a totally different award that they don't even give out and most approved, and then coach of the year we were different, and MVP we had a three way tie. So, you know, you never know how these things go. Congratulations to everyone who won a Piley this year in 2022, second annual. We'll be back, of course, next year for year three of the Pileys, back and better than ever. But before we close out this episode, this was an idea Manit had during our you know, pre-show discussions way too early. And by way too early, I literally mean today. Today. And this is today, February 18th, 2022, literally five days after Super Bowl 56. Super Bowl winner and MVP for next season, 2022-2023 uh I have the Buffalo Bills winning oh.
1: the Super Bowl next year yeah, it's going to like be it. real it's going to be really tough because you know, you got Kansas City in there you got Cincinnati in there but I think like that that loss this year I think really is going to motivate them uh, that loss against Kansas City with only 13 seconds left and you couldn't get it done I think that's going to really motivate them I think they have enough talent especially I think in the draft if they draft like a Kenneth Walker to run the ball um, I think if they spend a little bit in free agency on the offensive line, I think they could really make some noise in the in the in the postseason next year. And then my MVP, ah uh, man, that's tough. I, I was gonna say, like I can't go Aaron Rodgers again. I probably have to go with like a. Uh, I'm gonna go with Justin Herbert.
2: God damn it! <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I think Justin Herbert. This is the year, or next year is the year he. I, I would say, I mean, he, he's break He's broken out of the last two years, but the, he has a he has a really good season next year. So, so yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I. <laughs> so that, that's exactly
1: what you were gonna do. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was gonna go Justin Herbert as well. I've watched, I watched some film, um, postseason, and Justin Herbert's film has really impressed me. Um, mm-hmm, I really think good. he, he like looked really good last year. Um, there was sort of, like, a weird, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It just looked off between him and Keenan Allen this year. Um, I'm excited to see them get back on track next year. They might year. not have Mike Williams. He's yeah, I think he's, Mike he's Williams goes. I I want Mike honestly, Williams on the Browns. I, do. <laughs> I want him a lot. <laughs> honestly, I would be excited to see them make a run at Devontae Adams. I think. They have the money for it. Obviously, I just don't think he sees the light of day. Obviously, no. obviously, it's not going to be feasible because Green Bay is just not going to let him go. There's
0: no way he go- There's I, no way no, Devontae sees the light of
2: day. But no, I know. Should he hit free agency? Oh my God, LA, <laughs> please make a run because Justin Herbert with Keenan they have Allen the money? and Devontae, they do. They
1: do. Because they have Herbert on his rookie deal. Yep. Um, well, I was just,
2: I didn't know how much, like, because they're paying
1: Bosa a lot of money. They have Slater on his rookie do deal.
2: They, Did they pay Drew and James yet? No. He's, he didn't? He's, No, he's, he's on his fifth year. Coming he's coming up, though. So he's he's
0: going to get paid this off season.
1: Yeah. Um. We, I mean, wait—is he a free agent this year or next year? No,
0: he's on. He, this was his fourth season. Next year's his who fifth season.
1: Who knows year if he, Who knows if he? If they let him or. If, if I mean, they if have, have if been injury, injury, they, they have fifty-one million
2: dollars or fifty-seven million dollars in cap space. So they can definitely. That's, they still have other things they need to yeah, address. Though. I mean, they still need to tune up that O line even but more than they did they a year ago. Their defense 50, 46, needs a lot of help. They have forty-six guys going into next year under contract, so they really have.
0: Well, I know, but their defense they have needs, money needs to, to get to work significantly better. Their D line needs to get a lot yeah. better. And their linebackers, and and it's hard when Derwin James is hurt because it's really hard to judge the safeties, and he hasn't been hurt for like three years, it feels like. But like their safeties didn't really have a very good year this year either, so
2: they have a lot of things they got to work. If they on. don't get Adams, though, I would like to see them get Godwin. Yeah, um, that's another I think, player
0: I would love for the Browns to go get. I think. Chris, I hope you're listening to this, Andrew Berry.
2: Chris Godwin get would be a phenomenal fit for the Chargers. Chris Godwin um, and Mike Williams. Oh my goodness.
0: That'd be, that'd be nice.
2: So, um, oh, win a Super Bowl pick. I think the Rams are going to run it back. Honestly, really? that's bold. I like realistically, like, I see they have no draft picks that they're going to add. -hmm. In terms of like big money, they're gonna spend all of that money again to go get that same team. You got to replace Whitworth, so you got to get an. Von Miller's a free agent too. Von Miller, I think, is gonna come back. Mm -hmm. He wants to come back for maybe a little bit of a pay cut. If you can get him for like twelve million instead of like fifteen to eighteen, which is what he should be getting, I think that'd be good. Um, you got Donald back. You got the offense back. If you can get OBJ, which I doubt. Get, well, which,
0: here's what I'll say about OBJ. I think with just where he's at right now, and the fact that he's going to probably miss the start I think, of the season. Yeah, I think going the only way into that the I Super think,
2: Bowl, his outlook was very different. I think the only way that
0: he is in the league next year is if he's with the Rams. I don't think another team's going to take a chance on him right now, coming really? off the second ACL like that. Plus, he wants to stay in LA. If they offer him a contract, he's going to stay.
2: But if he goes, you'd think no other team is going to want him.
0: Not coming off of the second ACL on the same knee. In two years, no. Really?
2: Really? No. After the playoff, the end of season run, he just had, like—
0: nobody—at the trade deadline, the Browns tried to trade him, and nobody wanted him. Because, also, they kind of figured the Browns were going to buy him out anyway. Yeah. But, like, I do— There were suitors for him. This is two ACL tears in the same knee in back-to-back years. He's not going to be ready to start the season, most likely. Even though, I mean, Cam Akers came back from an Achilles tear in five months, which is absurd, but— I just don't think that there's going to be much of a market with him besides – plus he he's already expressed the interest he wants to remain with the Rams. So I think he's just going to end up yeah. re-signing with the Rams anyway. So I don't. I think this, all, this whole point is moot. And I think the Rams will take care of him. I think they will sign him, put him under contract. That way he can still collect a paycheck injured. But I don't think – I honestly do not believe there's much of a market. It, it's so hard to value a guy – because Odell's going to say, well, I should be paid based on my production with the Rams. But then they're also going to say, yes, but what about your value coming off of a second ACL tear in the same knee? I mean, when you have to have that reconstructive surgery in the same knee in back-to-back years, I mean, it's going to be the slightest thing. And all of a sudden, it, it, it's it gone again. I mean, I mean I've mean, i never gone through an injury like that. But and to imagine having it happen in the same knee in back-to-back years, both times non-contact, like, well, I think the one in Cleveland was contact, but that's I don't actually know when that injury happened. I never really saw it. But um, it was the flip. Yeah. It was, still felt like non-contact. He wasn't like hit on the knee or anything. So it's just one of those things like I don't know what the what the market's going to be for him necessarily, especially on a contract that Odell's probably going to want. Cuz there's a difference in value based on your production, but also your injury history. There just is. It's it's a sad reality for Obj right now, but I I think he's gonna end up with the Rams. I think they'll take care of him. So, yeah. As for me, man, um, again, this is way too early, so I'm not even putting a lot of, um, that could be a ton of thought. Yeah, go ahead. One
2: second. Allen Robinson, cheap
0: deal, L.A. Dude, Make it happen. I thought, please. Here's the problem with that. Allen Robinson is <laughs> not gonna take a cheap contract. Yeah, no Allen Robinson wants yeah, a lot of money. That's true. That if he was okay, if Allen Robinson was gonna do a cheap contract, the Bears would have given him it already, but. They, he, I don't think he... Allen Robbins is asking for like $18 million a year. Jesus. Or something like that. Or not no. worth that. Because I've heard Browns fans that want Allen Robinson as well. I mean, we okay, I'll tell you right now. But the Browns fans want every wide receiver that's possible. Like, just give us all the wide receivers. But personally, I would love an offseason where you sign Mike Williams and Chris Godwin and then draft someone too. Oh my gosh, that would be a dream huh? scenario. But... The,
2: the... The wide receiver room would just make no sense. Jarvis Landry would be the odd man out.
0: there. there's words. He's not even going to come back anyway. I would. I would go with. You could go with Mike Williams and Donovan Peoples Jones on the outside. Chris Godwin can be your slot guy, and then you still have the burner and Anthony Schwartz, who is your kind of niche, uh, gadget guy. I think that could really work. I don't. I don't know. If, like Jarvis Landry is one of those interesting pieces where he's basically told the Browns he wants more money, and then like the Browns don't necessarily want to give it to him because he hasn't really had high production, and that's not all his fault. Again, just with the quarterback stuff this season and the injury and stuff like that, it it definitely hurt him. But I, I've heard they're kind of at a crossroads right now. It's like 60-40 whether or not Landry's going to be on the Browns next season. But, I mean, if they brought in, like, Mike Williams and Chris Godwin and, like, say, draft, like, a Chris Olave in the first round, oof. That's a that's a squad right there. Or Garrett Wilson, even. I mean, that's that's a... All of a sudden it'd be all right, bake, like here we go. But as for me, my way too early Super Bowl winner. Uh, yeah, call me boy. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Uh, I think they find their way back. Um it's gonna be the last year, possibly that like the whole band's together with just I mean, Mahomes contract I think kicks in next season. Yeah, it does. So you're gonna have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Uh they're gonna need an upgrade at running back. Maybe they address that in the draft. But I think like it could be Andy Reid's last year too. It sounds like he's possibly nearing the end of the line too. Um, just with because apparently him and the have already had been having discussions about the enemy's future in Kansas City, which I think means like the enemy knows like his he's the guy. Um, so and, and it, and, dude, he might funny. not
2: even be the Chiefs' offensive coordinator next year. Yeah, it's
0: it's kind he's of a free agent yeah, right now. He can walk, which is why they had to talk about his future. Um, but at the same time, I. It just sounds like maybe Andy Reid might be nearing kind of the end of the line. Um but I I don't know that. I'm not trying to speak for him. I have no idea. I would love Andy Reid to stick around. Who doesn't love Andy Reid? But I think the Chiefs are going to get back next year and they're I mean they're still going to be the best team in football next year. It's I don't think it's really remotely. I mean, they have I mean you're gonna have the best quarterback in the league. You're gonna have the best tight end in the league. You're gonna have arguably you're gonna one of the best receivers in the league. Your defense is fine. You're gonna be healthy again next year. I just I, and they're gonna be angry. I think they come back. They win it all. MVP could go with Mahomes and just double dip, but I'm not. I'm gonna go Lamar Jackson. Oh. second MVP. Uh, yeah, really? but I think that the Ravens are going. They're gonna be healthy next year. Uh, including Lamar, he's gonna have all of his toys again, dude. I Ravens think Lamar, need a the Ravens, the Ravens are going to be a good team next. They're gonna be back next season as if they can stay healthy, get Dobbins back, get you know <laughs> they need more receivers. Mani is absolutely right. They do. Um, and Rashad Bateman looked good in the games he did play this season. Bateman
2: Brown, they need like a slot guy. Yeah, they have Love Bateman I Brown.
0: You- I don't want any more Buckeyes on the Ravens. I can't stop. I can't keep rooting against these players. Like I love J.K. Dobbins to death, but I cannot support him on the Baltimore Ravens. So I signed. I, am I, am oh my
2: I, god, I'm dreaming that my
1: Ravens
0: franchise in Madden. I signed Devonte Adams in free agency. <laughs> so, dude, they if they had like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they're gonna bounce back next year. They're gonna be healthy. Marcus Peters is coming back. That's another big name, um, as well as the other corner that their entire secondary got hurt. Um, but they're gonna have all of them back. I think Lamar is going to have a really good season next season and I think he'll get a second MVP Chiefs winning it all. When so, does free agency start? Uh, a month, a month. March like 13th, oh. I think. I believe it's like yeah. the first day that like they negotiate. But brilliant. the league year uh that's like when the new league year starts, but in this period from these next 3 weeks or so, you know, for everyone listening and of course for you too if you didn't know, like keep your eyes out because trades are allowed to be made now, players are allowed to be released. Um the trades yeah. can't become official until the league year starts yeah. in March, but you can be in agreement on a trade. So we're going to see some moving pieces here in the next few weeks as as new GMs get settled in and as teams start addressing their rosters and their overall needs after, you know, the final game of the year. So these next three weeks are really, really important for teams because it's, it's, it's the beginning of building your roster. You're trying to find out, you know, who do you want in this spot? Who do you want here? Is this player expendable? Is it not?
2: I'm gonna be um, interested to see. It's gonna see. be it's
0: gonna be a really fun three weeks. Plus, you're gonna start seeing the quarterback carousel move. I guarantee you, you will see a trade, a quarterback trade within these three weeks before March 13th. There will be there will be a couple quarterbacks moved around. I'm almost sure of it. Plus Derek Carr's about to sign a contract extension in Vegas for like forty million dollars a year. Really? story. I, wow. I saw that. I'm it's interested
2: right. to see what team overpays in the draft for Malik Willis. Could be Pittsburgh Lions. Dude, Indy might might make that happen. Where's Indy picking? are like, supposed no, they to don't have a Carson. Oh, they don't. Which is why oh. I think they right. Could... They
0: traded it to um Philly. Philly, yeah. Philly's
2: got three. For... Dude, Philly is gonna make some freaking noise yeah. next year. Philly,
0: Philly's a good team. Dallas is still gonna be the best team in that division. God. Um, maybe but...
2: if Hurts makes a jump, Philly could get that kind of. Okay, I mean,
0: here's what I'm gonna say though, and I I know that this guy gets a lot of hate, but like. Even on Jalen Hurts' best day, he's not better than Dak Prescott. Yeah. It's just not reality. And they, the receiving core that the Cowboys have is simply ridiculous. I mean, it's... Cooper's going to get cut. It's not Prescott's fault they're losing these games and no. these playoff games. I mean, I'm shocked Mike McCarthy is still the coach there. He's definitely on his last straw. He's um, got a year. He's got one more year to prove that he can win games. Um, I think for I, them... He can win games. Here's what I'm going to say this. The playoffs, here's what I'm going to say this. Please. If Mike, If the Cowboys don't make the conference championship game next year he'll be gone i think they have to get at least that far i'm not even going to say they have to make the super bowl i think you just have to show that you can get to the to the doorstep because right now they're not they're at the bottom of the stairs like they're not even attempting to climb up the stairs they're just stuck at the bottom so but yeah so that's that way too early super bowl winners mvps jay bills and justin herbert rams and justin herbert me the chiefs and lamar jackson Next week will be our coaching hires episode. So we're going to go over Mike all, McDaniel. We're going to go over Let's all go. of the moves around the league, every notable move. I mean, like okay, look, if a running backs coach moves from one team to the other, we're not going to talk about it. But GMs, coaches, new coordinators, etc. and we'll look ahead to of the offseason free agency and start looking ahead to the draft before we get into our um team offseason outlooks we will break down every single team and what we feel like they need this offseason as well as of course draft previews we're going to break down all positions leading up to the draft at the end of april that feels actually really close it's about two months from today or two like months in a week or whatever it takes eight weeks but we'll have it all covered for you right here on the pylon so make sure you guys stick around you can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts As for your host, Michael Markoc, alongside Manit Patel, Jay DeCoster, this has been the Pileys 2022. We'll see you guys next week for the Coaching Hires episode.